ladies and gentlemen, we're back. It's Matt Allmendinger. Sharing space with me is Mr. Griffin Ball. How you doing? Pretty great. Finally in person. It's uh, great to actually have great mics and be able to see you and it, talk it, to you. It does It does make a, a bit of a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty excited except for the fact that it is ridiculously hot here in our office for our Lighthouse IT podcast. Sorry, we have six AC units. Just, just the six, just, and it can't, it can't keep up. Yeah. That wonderful Midwest weather. But you know what? The only thing I think that's going to be hotter today is some of the news we got. <laughs> I've been practicing my DJ voice if you're out there. <laughs> security news. Security news. <laughs> security news. Oh, what um, do we got? I haven't been able to see what you have uh, been talking about recently, but I know there's some cool stories. So Yeah, well, suppose we can jump right into it if you're done with small talking with me. That's all right. I'm, I'm only a little hurt by this. Um, but I did actually read something really interesting to kick us off. And it's not really security news or anything, but I thought it was really fascinating. Um, there's actually a study out there that Microsoft had put out that, that effectively said that as a result of this lockdown, Microsoft is now estimating that we will be adding... 149 million new tech-oriented jobs to our global workforce Wow! by 2025. So this isn't like by the end of the year. But the demand that is being shown by software and process automation, and and this isn't in that that report, but some of the other pieces I've been reading have said, you know, using automation is going to be a blockbuster industry and so i think those two things are coming together between security infrastructure as well as just straight up software developers this is going to be quite an interesting time over the next five years uh, and we kind of maintained that from the beginning that we thought this would really upset uh, a lot of the industries that we serve hmm. because work from home is here to stay yeah people are uh, getting the indefinite uh, order for working from home. It's going to be there for, you know, however long it takes, I guess. Until, until it takes, and, and why risk it? So yeah. it's pretty fascinating, and it's cool to see that while some places may see the job market starting to um, reduce a little bit, tech is not going to be one of them. We're going to be growing for quite a long time. That's awesome. And we use, uh, we use automation quite a bit. So Love automation. Yeah. We probably spend more money than we should on automation. <laughs> we could just hire a guy. And call him automation. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you do? Um, I, I thought that was astounding and fascinating. But as far as security news, luckily it's pretty much the same old thing. Although I did find some humor. Uh, a lot of the news and things that we aggregate from across the web, one of those resources is a website called Naked Security. And that particular blog is produced by um, one of our partners, which is Sophos who handles a lot of our security products, they got hit with a phishing attempt that, um, you know, of course they didn't actually get compromised mm-hmm. by it. But <laughs> That norm- bigger news. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bigger news. I wouldn't be laughing through the story. Um, but they normally have to go hunting for bad guys. In this case, the bad guys decided to just show up on their, their front how porch. Nice, how nice of them. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. So anyway, the phishing attempt promised to do DNS sec upgrades uh, to their website and um, actually analyzes the HTTP headers 
that that identifies who your web host is and and this is pretty common it's not really a security issue that this happens it's it's more of an etiquette thing well it reads those headers figures out who your host is and then on the fly skins their phishing attempt based on whomever your host is wow just it's, talking about automation geez it, it's pretty fancy uh, and then what it does is it promises to upgrade your site to the latest version of DNSSEC. Um, you put in your username and credentials. It puts some flashy stuff all over the screen. It looks pretty fun. Like they're doing CSS animations and everything. Oh, gosh. Pretty interactive. And then it redirects you to a 404 page and tells you that there's an error. Oh. So you don't really know whether it works or not. Um, it is important to say that DNSSEC is an actual real thing. It is a way of producing secure DNS requests, which is effectively the address book of the internet. But anytime somebody's offering to do something for you that sounds super easy, and then when you click on it, it takes you to a login page, you really should scrutinize that with a little bit uh, extra detail. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing is, is DNSSEC, we're, we're in the industry. DNSSEC is not something that is typically done easily. Um, it takes a little bit of work. Um, and so digitally signing your DNS stuff, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a real techie term, your stuff, your DNS stuff. Um, <laughs> signing your DNS stuff is uh, better left to the professionals. Don't, don't, don't do it yourself. There's a lot of work there. It's not as easy as they make you think. So quick reminder, if you get a website that leads you right into a login site, close it out log into that site using an address that you recognize. We're broken records around here. Mm -hmm. You should be using two-factor authentication. Yeah. Use it, love it, you know, enable it anytime somebody says they support it. You may also want to consider using a password manager. This lets you have different passwords that are randomly generated for every single client so that it, or for every single account so that maybe you do accidentally give away a password. You just hit the generate button and change the password, and it's only impacting that one place. Um, I also recommend using a super cool antivirus product uh, such as Sophos. Um, they can actually determine site legitimacy. They usually have browser plugins. And um, of course, you can also use content filtering, such as, I'm gonna make a shameless plug here, our brand new Harmony DNS-based filtering, um, which makes it very easy to implement filtering, whether you're in the office or on the go. And I know this may seem a little bit country, a little bit marketing and security. I'm kind of treading on your toes, but I thought this one fit my, my workspace a little bit more. Sorry, I'll probably tread on your toes in my section, so that's totally fine. You are more than welcome to do so. Um, and uh, Well, we wouldn't have talked about it because there was no podcast, but back in February, Apple announced that they were going to limit the validity that they would accept for web certificates in their browser to one year. Um, and of course they use the Safari browser, whether that's in Mac or on your iPhone, what have you. Well, Google has come out and said they think this is a pretty sweet idea. <laughs> so um, SSL certificates that have a start date after September of 2020 will actually trigger an error in those browsers if they are valid longer than 12 months. Now, Google following suit in this raises a bunch of questions in the industry. 
uh, because it's being backed by only two companies. But those two companies have a, a, a pretty large sort of presence in the digital digital world. So we're very likely going to see other people, whether they agree with it or not, follow suit. But there is some question whether or not this is actual, th- th- that this is a security impact that is worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, while security SSL certificates are used in as part of SEO, that I know that you've talked about even here on the program. Yeah. Um, It is kind of a pain to maintain them to a certain extent. And so taking it from, uh, actually, we used to be able to buy five-year certificates. Um, Now you can only buy two-year certificates. Now one year. And and the concept is is that the longer a certificate exists out in the world, it could be ripped off and replicated. Mm. Um, so you're just, you know, you're not cycling that SSL certificate so bad actors could get their hands on it, use it, and make things look legitimate, even though it's not. So I understand where they're coming from, but now it means that we are now going to have to look at SSL certificates and renew them more frequently. And that's going to incur some additional costs and some headache. Um, I think the frustrating thing on all of this is that this is not being p- proposed by... Um, any type of industry committee. This is just being picked up by two businesses Mm. and one of them being Google, which is a a pretty dominant force in the web browser, uh, as well as the fact that um, they're a pretty dominant force in SEO. Mm -hmm. Google is going to be able to get what they want. And the concept of free and open internet in that respect mm, starts to get a little muddled when one vendor can dictate how the world consumes content. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago when they instituted the, um, the not secure warning that would happen when you didn't have HTTPS, the SSL certificate, that hindered your um, SEO by kind of passively because it would tell people, oh, this is, uh, you know, this is an unsecure site. Maybe I shouldn't trust it. Um, it's now actually a part of the algorithm. And it's funny you say all that um, because... Google is testing a feature that hides parts of the URL in Chrome's address bar now. So Android Police, who's like a, they're, they're, they're like a research group kind of, and they, they kind of call out people. Um, are, are they are they uh, like the Radiohead song? Oh, no, that's that's Paranoid <laughs> that's Android. Yeah, it's very close, though. <laughs> that's a really old, bad joke. I apologize <laughs> to anybody listening. Well, Android Police spotted some new uh, flags on Google Chrome's uh, dev and canary channels, um, version like 85 or something. Um, that modifies the appearance and behavior of the address bar. So Chrome has a major update to the address bar in the past that like in- included you know, removing the scheme and stuff, so like do- you know, www, things like that. You wouldn't see that anymore. Um, the lock would replace the HTTPS, um, not secure if it wasn't, things like that, which you know, those are arguably kind of helpful. Um, but now they are looking into the idea of basically getting rid of the entire URL bar and keeping just what the domain is. So for instance, you know, if you go to our blog, you know, lighthouse, um, sol.com forward slash, you know, making use of downtime. Instead, it would just show lighthouse, sol.com. That'd be it. There'd be no trail. There'd be nothing. Um, that being said, you can hover over the URL, kind of get, get the, uh, the full thing and everything. Um, but you know, 
what are the pros and cons to this, I guess? It, it helps with fishing. I mean, you know, you could tell you're on this site. You know, if you're looking at your bank's website, you're not going to, you know, worry about where it's but at. It, it does make it hard to pick up on important resources. Like, this is what my login page is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it helps uh, search engines because you're forced to use search engines a lot more. Search engines a lot more. You're probably not going to be typing stuff into the URL and stuff. And guess who owns Chrome? <laughs> I, I don't know. Who is behind Chrome? <laughs> yeah. Um, thankfully, it looks like this is something that can be turned off and, you know, that type of thing through the, the flags. That's going to be on by default, so you will have to turn off that type of thing. And we're not really sure when this will be released or anything. None of it's actually been announced. It's just been spotted. <laughs> but knowing Google, they will push hard to make it happen. Yeah, so. Uh, and, and like we just talked about in the SSL side, a lot of people fall in line and follow suit with what they do. Yeah, who knows what, you know, Safari is going to do, Firefox, even Edge. Who knows? Yep. So, well, heck, Edge is based on Chromium, which is the same code base as uh, as Chrome. Yeah. So it's going to be inside of it, A part of it, <laughs> <laughs> unless Microsoft removes it. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. There's a lot there. We'll 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 probably get back to it when uh, more stuff comes out. But you know. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, we talked a little bit last time about um, focusing on. Uh, social media platforms that are, are, I guess, aren't the norm. Uh, we talked about like Twitch and you know even using uh, gaming platforms like PlayStation Network and Xbox Live and whatnot to advertise. Um, especially if you're marketing to younger people or you know whatever that type of idea. The, that's a niche market that you can get a hard hold of. But um, Reddit and Pinterest are now uh, getting a huge amount of traction after the uh, Facebook boycott has kind of been happening, which um, we we'll, probably won't get into. But um, I think. Anybody with a Facebook account yeah. probably knows exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> Advertisers are leaving less, left and right, basically. So uh, that being said, though, Reddit's always kind of been the Wild West, where everything, kind of anything went for a long time. Um, people were a little scared to um, get in there and, and start advertising because, you know, what is their brand going to be, you know, right next to when you're scrolling through the feed or something? Um that being said, though, they have uh, basically kind of restructured the whole thing. and They've been instituting um, brand safety controls, uh, which has really allowed advertisers to reach those audiences that, you know, they probably were avoiding before because they were worried about something happening. But um, they they closed on a whole bunch of, like, subreddits and stuff and that type of thing, which arguably is a, a bad thing. But, you know, for advertisers, it might be a good thing and might be a good thing for later on. Who knows? Um, but they're seeing a lot more of uh, advertising dollars go their way. Um, but Pinterest, they have uh, kind of been doing that the whole time. <laughs> They've just been hanging out, uh, loving life. And uh, in 2019, Business Insider Intelligence, they did a study um, where Pinterest came out as uh, second only to LinkedIn uh, as a uh, trusted social platform more than any other. So above Facebook, above Twitter, above everything, um, people just were fine with giving them the data everything and uh advertisers are hitting that hard now since uh I, I guess a lot of people are flocking to that from uh, facebook so which you know it's a natural progression a lot of people have been on pinterest already and they're very similar audiences and demographics so i think uh and and for those that are not familiar with reddit uh actually why don't we start off with me apologizing to the people who are familiar with reddit <laughs> but I'm going to attempt to explain Reddit to those who've never seen it. It's kind of like an aggregate of forum boards um, organized into subreddits that, so you can have topics. There's an R Toledo. Mm -hmm. there's, um, there's actually 
um, and our MSP, which I, I follow closely, which is other people in our industry. Oh, yeah. um, and actually what I love about it, and you talk about advertising dollars, I've actually seen some of the products that we have partners and some of our competitors to those partners, they lurk in those subreddits to be able to answer questions and plug. Yeah. And they, they actually sit there in, uh, in those subreddits and just respond back to questions, plug. It's like a secondary help desk or something. Or, you it's know. a help desk. It's a recommendation platform. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be careful with it like you do anything else, but it's, uh, it's a fantastic resource. Um, and then also there's Photoshop gifts, you know, Photoshop <laughs> battles, which you have to love as, as well. So and it goes to trees. Yeah. <laughs> it, it gets it gets people the ridiculous and combines it with the serious. And so I think that's pretty neat. And, and Pinterest doesn't terribly surprise me that they've always been a pretty big player for advertising dollars. They've always done a good job of locking down their site. And I also think um, that websites that or, or social media platforms that rely on photos, I feel like those build trust a lot easier because it's it takes a little bit more work. I feel like people can see and tangibly appreciate certain things. Um, so that's pretty fascinating. And the mention of LinkedIn being associated in there, they're two different completely markets, but it's neat that they compete with each other, so to speak. Yeah, in terms LinkedIn, of trust, yeah, yeah. LinkedIn... Very much LinkedIn's trust level is on a professional basis. Mm -hmm. Pinterest is on a recreational basis. And so they both really rely on trust to get people to to use their platform. Yeah. It's very interesting, but we're going to see a lot of people uh, flock into that. And uh, just, I mean, Eddie Bauer and North Face were the two biggest that um, started spending a bunch of money on Pinterest that had been very active on Facebook before. And now they're not. Now there's been in zero with them. So... We'll see how, if this actually works or does anything, or if this is just to make people happy. But Who knows? It's, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Let us know how you're spending your money for advertising, or maybe you're not. You should get in contact with us. Uh, we can help do some marketing for you as well. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for today's podcast. Griff, you have anything else you want to share with the kind folks? Oh, you know, just... Uh Worrying about what Google's doing nowadays. That's <laughs> pretty much all I think <laughs> it's about. A story of my life for another day. Uh, well, we'd also love to know anything else that's on your mind. Go ahead and submit your questions to us. We'll always try to do our best to answer them. We love them. I love talking. I'm sure everybody knows that. Uh, if you have questions or you want more information on any of the, the topics that we've discussed today, you can visit lighthousesol.com forward slash podcast. We have links to the articles that we referenced here as well as some of the other information that we've got. Plus, you can always consume the podcast that way. And very excited to say we finally got everything approved, so I think you can catch us on Google Play mm-hmm. and uh, iTunes and all the big places. So we're, we're starting to work our way towards big time, Griff. <laughs> the big time. The yeah, we're probably on maybe seven or eight different uh, distribution platforms now. So Yeah, look at that. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Well, uh, from all of us here at Lighthouse, I hope you stay safe, especially since we're starting to see that um, everybody coming out of their cubby hole, so to speak, and the lockdown's lifting. We're starting to see more intermingling. Do your best. Stay healthy. Wash your hands. And uh, we will see you on the next time. <laughs>